Welcome to the Behind the Vision podcast. In this episode, we explore Jay Blaza's journey to becoming a full-time DJ, giving back to the youth, and of course, music. Hope you enjoy the show. How'd you get the name Blase? Uh, that's a good question. Um, so one of my friends actually, so to backtrack, I used to do a YouTube channel um, and my name was Mr. Shoelace. I did sneaker reviews. So I actually got paid from a blog called Kicks on Fire to review sneakers, which was pretty cool. They used to send me, pick, uh, send me shoes and I got to review them and all this stuff, which was pretty cool. Um, and I stopped doing that. I kind of just got over it. I didn't really see the longevity in it. And I was like, oh, I'm too cool for this. Like, that was kind of like my thing. I'm like, I'm done doing this. Like, I love, I've always loved fashion. Um, but I was like, yeah, I'm going to stop doing these. Um, and my Instagram name and all my social media was Shoelace Everywhere. And one of my buddies like, you got you to gotta change this. Like, you gotta, this isn't really a thing anymore. And I was like, all right. Like, I don't know what to change it to. And, like, he said that probably, like, months ago. And then one day we went out and he just kept calling me Blase. He's like, Blase, Blase, that's your new name now, Blase. I'm like... Okay, like, let's go with it. Um, and then there's a song by Ty Dolla Sign called Blase that came out, like, a couple, like that same year. So then everyone started saying that. Because there's an expression called, like, Blase, blah. Like, it's like, um, it's like so on and so forth. That's what it means. So then my buddy just started calling me just Blase. And then that song blew up. So then when I changed my name, everyone just, like, immediately attached me with that song. So it was just, like, Blase, Blase, Blase. Um and then I changed my at name to J Blase, but I spelled it B L A Z A Y so you could pronounce it because you can't do accents on Instagram. Um, and then I started DJing and I was like, this is what it will be. So I just changed the name to I'm J Blase and then I went from there. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. It just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. It's like, it's, it stands out because I don't like, there's so many like weird DJ names like DJ and like. DJ Flame or like DJ whatever I'm like I'm not really like that like type of person it reminds me like wrestlers like I'm not that like loud and flamboyant but I'm like Blase like is memorable like it's like it can be professional but still like cool because it could be my last name most people think it's like my middle name and I'm like no it's not mm. tied to me at all so yeah. yeah dang and you did shoe reviews yep Wow. Yeah, I did that for, so my, my name is Jordan. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, my name, my first name is Jordan. Uh, I'm named after Michael Jordan because I was born in 92 when Michael Jordan was just like in his era. Yeah. Um, and so my first baby shoes were Jordans. I've always been into super big fashion. My mom's like really big on like clothes and fashion and stuff. Um, so I just kind of carried that all all the way through like high school. And in high school, I started working at Finish Line. That was like my first job. I was getting paid like no money, but I got access to all the shoes so then I just made that my thing. I was like, I would always post them on Facebook so I could go in the back. This is like before social media was really big. Like now you get in trouble for this. But on Facebook, like I would just go in and post like, oh, we have these shoes coming out next week. So I'd be like the first person on Facebook, like as far as like in Minnesota that was like posting these shoes. So I'd be like, oh, these shoes come out next week, like hit me up or whatever. And people would just come in and buy them from me. And then I was like, I should probably do something with this. And then. I was like, cause I don't like, I didn't really, I've never really wanted to work like a nine to five, but I've always been good at talking to people. So I was getting sales jobs. So I've worked at car dealership. I worked at a bank, um, did all these different things, but I'm like, that's not really like what I want to do. Like I love working with people. Um, so the review thing was like my next best thing. I was like, oh, okay. Like I can talk to the people, give them information. Um, and it's like, I look cool doing it. I get to have all the shoes and stuff. So it worked out pretty well. Just the longevity of like my YouTube channel was like blowing up. Um, but the longevity of it, I just didn't really see it like working out from a financial standpoint. Cause I was spending so much money on shoes. Um, and I was like, I just want to buy the shoes I want. I don't really want to buy all these shoes that other people want. So. Dang. So you did the, so you did the YouTube channel, 
like how big were you able to grow it? You were doing. Uh, so my YouTube, I think it stopped at like five thousand subscribers. I think okay. that's like the the. I think that's like the peak. It was something around there. Um, and I'd had it for just just under a year, so it was like it was pretty big. Um, but I was just spending so much. Like I still lived at home with my mom at that time, and I was like hard to justify like oh mom give me for your rent and i'm spending like rent money on shoes every month so it just didn't make much sense yeah so you were doing that when you were working at the shoe shop yep yep so i worked at a so i worked at a place called finish line in the mall of america yeah. um and then i worked at a place called phenom which is like a boutique sneaker store here that got like more of the limited sneakers mm-hmm. um so i kind of like took a pay cut going there but it was like oh we'll give you like your size and all the shoes you want so i was like okay like cool like i was like more so focused on that um, this is like like Instagram really wasn't that big yet. Like there was a couple big sneaker Instagram pages, but like it was like everyone was kind of figuring out like their finesse on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, OK, I'm going to go to the sneaker store. And that was even cooler because I got to post more limited shoes early and they didn't care at all. They're like, do whatever you want. Um, then I left there and went to work at Dick's Sporting Goods. I ended up being a, uh, like a team lead, which is like of the sports department. So I got to like restock all the lacrosse sticks and like baseball gloves and all that stuff because i love basketball so i was like okay i'll do this and it was like a manager role so it looked it looked better for a resume um and i went to college for two years um but i wasn't a huge fan of college i just like didn't see it panning out for me i love business but i was like the thing that like always scared me about college i'm like if all these professors have the knowledge of like what they're learning why don't they start their own business so i was like i have the passion but like the book smarts i was like i'm not seeing the longevity in that either um, so I always like worked. I was always like, I'm going to work. I'm going to make sure I work. Um, so yeah, I did the Dick Sporting Goods thing. Still was doing the sneaker thing on top of that. Left the sneaker thing and then went to work at Wells Fargo. And that's mm-hmm. why I did the Wells Fargo. Did that for two years. Quit my job at Wells Fargo and didn't know what I was going to do. I was just like really stressed. There was like this whole thing at Wells Fargo about like fraud and sales stuff that happened like a while ago now. Um, so I quit my job, didn't know what I was going to do. I was like, mom, let me live rent free for a year. And I'll just like figure something out. So I, I had some money saved up. I went Dang, on. Like, shout out to mom. Yeah, no, mom. <laughs> salute mom. She's the best. Um, I'm the only child, so my mom like gets it. She's like always. We're like best friends more than anything. Um, so I was like, just let me live rent free for a year. I was 24 at the time, I think. Um, I was like, let me just figure this out. I went on two trips that year. I uh, so I left my job in January of whatever year this was. I forgot what year it was, but I left my job in January. I said if I don't have a job. By the following January, I'll go back to Wells Fargo if I have to or whatever. Like, I'll figure it out. Um, so fast forward to December. Still don't know what I'm going to do. Like, really, really stressed, but trying to, like, play cool. Um, ended up at an event called Art Basel in Miami, which is, like, if anyone, like, imagine uptown Minneapolis, but every venue is rented out by, like, big liquor companies and record labels. And it's, like, you go into this, like, hole-in-the-wall bar, and it's, like, your favorite artist is performing. Like, when I went there, like, Metro Boomin was DJing randomly. And I like looked around and it was like the most diverse crowd I've like ever seen. It was like Latin, black, white, um, and like everyone who like some people like didn't even like English wasn't even their first language. And like everyone was bonding over music. And I was like, looked at my friend. I was like, hey, like, I think I could do this. And he was like, what do you mean? Like loud music playing? I'm like, I, like, I think I could like DJ because like I was always the person who like de- had the ox in the car or like at house parties, like always was like I'll run the music because I'm like an introverted person. So I was like. I think I could do this when I get back home. And he was like, yeah, sure, you can, or whatever. And, like, began to, like, continue to party or whatever. Um, and the rest of the weekend, I just got kept thinking about it. Um, so I went back home, bought, an, like, an intro controller, which is, like, the DJ controller, um, and taught myself on YouTube. 
And Dang. by January, I had my first show, which I got paid like 100 bucks for, which mm-hmm. is cool because I'm like 100 bucks of money that like off a of talent I taught myself. And then now it's my full time job. Yeah. So, dude, that's awesome. Yeah. No, Just it's like, crazy. Because, so did you go to college for business? Yeah. So I was at, uh, I went to Normandale uh, Community College in Bloomington for business and marketing. Okay. Um, but I had to do basically like my general. So I only had like one business class, which was like the one class I liked. But then like doing accounting and all these other general classes, I was like, mm. I'm like, I'm not seeing like how I could do it. And me being like an only child, like my mom didn't come for money at all. Um, single parent. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to pay for this. So I kept every time I was there, I was like, I'm paying for something that I don't want to be paying for. So I kept thinking about the bill that was going to come mm. before I was even done with it. Yeah. Um, so I was like causing me anxiety in that. And I was like, I'm not even like having fun with this. And then I was struggling with like accounting and I was still trying to like, I was like, and it's totally on me too. Cause I was like, I still wanted to try to like party and like do stuff and not even like party as far as going out, but I just wanted to like hang out with my friends and like do all these other things. And they were all like doing their homework. Cause they were like, they can cram and do last minute stuff. And I'm not that way. I need to like take all the time I can to like, get this task done so i was like oh no we can hang out we can go grab food like it's fine i'll figure it out and i was like damn like i have all this homework to do tonight what am i gonna do about that so then that was like the stress of it so i was like this isn't this isn't for me Mm. dang that's cool so you've you've kind of had like this interest in business entrepreneurship like would you say ever since college kind of piqued your interest i think even before that like i think when i was in high school like there wasn't really like there was a name for it, but not for like young people. Like young people, like wh- like way more now. Like entrepreneurship is more common. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like it just makes more sense. Um, but now it's like kids are doing like streaming and Twitch and all these different things for like video games and all these random these random things. Um, but for me, it was just um, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. For me, I didn't know what I wanted it to be. Like I was like, I was like, I love thinking about how business works. I love the analytics of business. But in high school, they don't really teach you how that works, if that makes sense. Like they teach you about the math class. I always loved English. Like I always, like I said, I knew how to speak, but I didn't know where the longevity would come from those things. So I was just sort of like trying to think of like when I really had like the business mindset. I think. Was it maybe when you started your YouTube channel? Like did that? I, yeah, I think once I saw, I think once I worked at the sneaker store and saw like people liked me for something that I would just was doing, like mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you can like have a job in something you're passionate about. Like normally I thought like, like when I was growing up, I was like, oh, I want to be like a realtor. I want to be like all these things. And I was like, oh, that's like when I got older, I was like, that's not really what my vision is. Um, and then once I like actually had a passion for something, I was like, oh, you can actually make money off something you're passionate about. That's when I really dove into like, okay, like the behind the scenes of business and like how like, like I learned a lot about like buying and stuff from working at that boutique store where I was like, okay, like buying merchandise and like how it's like you buy it half off in the retail. Like, so for sure it's 30 bucks, you're paying $15 for it. And then they get $15 profit mm-hmm. off of it. Like those little things like that. I was like, oh, I didn't know any of this. Like <laughs> yeah. you don't learn that in high school. So it's like, and just like you, like you were talking about earlier before we started recording like your clothing line like i'm sure you learned so much about like cost of garments versus like the printing versus all these things um those are the things that enticed me of like okay like why don't we learn about this stuff in like textbooks Mm -hmm. um so then once i did the sneaker blog and did the youtube and had to create all those like videos and stuff and like pay people to make like a logo for me and all these different things and graphic design i'm like oh i love like the arts of things so i was like oh i should do more stuff like that 
Um, but DJing just never seemed like it just seemed so far fetched because like I remember when I was like 12, I wanted to DJ. But this was like when turntables were big and turntables are like twelve hundred dollars a turntable. And my mom's like, who's going to teach you how to do that? Like, I, <laughs> I can't buy you records and let you just break records. I was like, oh, that's a good point. And then I like went on to like another dream. I was like, oh, OK. But like I just grew up loving music. Like my, every time my mom drove me to school, like I'd be in the backseat and she would always play like old school R&B. Um, and I just grew up loving that like i was like oh r&b is like my thing so every time like, i got dj at the end of like my sets i always end with r&b like that's like my thing um yeah would you say that kind of laid the foundation for you then becoming like interested in djing the original like when i was younger yeah like just being around your mom the music she was playing um even like you mentioned that you're an introvert so like you just like manning, manning like the mics and uh, like the uh, playing more music and stuff. Yeah, so I think that laid the foundation without me even knowing. Like I was like, oh, I love music. I thought everyone loved music as much as me. And then when I got to high school, some people like really loved it. Some people didn't. And before streaming, it was like you had to legally download like all the music. Like so that was really cool to me because I'd always like come to school with my iPhone with like new music that no one had, like new mixtapes, like new little Wayne. That was like big for me in high school. Like Wayne was dropping so much music at that time. And I was like, this is sick. Like I have this version of song no one has, but I didn't view it as like DJing. I was just like, oh, like people at the lunch who want to hear like my music. It's like, oh, it's like it's like a compliment when someone's like, oh, let me hear what you listen to. Like, let me hear like hear one of your earphones. I was like, OK, cool. Like did that. And then, like I said, once I, like, started, like, going to parties and stuff, people were like, oh, like, put Jordan's, like, playlist on. Like, he knows what's up. And then from there, I was like, oh, like, so actually, it's actually crazy. So, you know, Austin, right? Austin, um, you know, Birdie and Austin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Birdie is actually the one who got me into DJing. Oh, Which is dang. crazy. That's, like, That's a cool. podcast, like, exclusive. Yeah. So one time, me, Birdie, and my boy DA were all sitting in the car. And Birdie, I was like playing music or whatever. And Birdie's like, you ever thought about DJing? And I was like, no. Like, why would I think of that? And she was like, well, you just always like are so passionate about music. And if anyone knows Birdie, like she like speaks like, like, like affirmation into you, like so casually, which is like super cool. And so she was just like saying it. So like, you're dumb for not doing it, but like was saying it like a nice way. So she was like, oh, like, why wouldn't you? And I was like, I don't know. Like, how who's going to teach me? She's like, well, I don't know. You just seem like you really love music and like why wouldn't you do it so then i was still working at wells fargo at the time so then i think that like kind of pitched the idea before i got to miami so when i went to miami it was like dang i could do this like it doesn't seem that crazy and then i taught myself on youtube and from there so shout out to birdie like she really kind of laid that easter egg i tell that all the time like i dj their wedding which is like such a full circle moment Mm -hmm. like pretty crazy so dude that's awesome she just like mentioned that to you and you just felt it like resonate with you yeah because it was like Cause like again, me being like introverted person, it was an introvert. Like you kind of like don't think about other people. Like like when I play music, I'm like kind of in my own like bubble. I'm like I'm just gonna be on my phone. I'm gonna pick these like few songs, and it's like you kind of get like satisfaction when people are like, "Oh, this is a fun song." Like who is this artist? Or I kind of get like a like a rush from that. So when she was like, "Like why don't you like DJ?" And like I was already going by Blase at that point, but she's like, "Blase, why don't you DJ?" And I was like, and we were like in like a drive through like McDonald's or something. I'm pretty sure we had the drive through McDonald's in Uptown. Um, and I was like, I don't know. Like, I was like, I got like weirded out kind of because I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I've never thought about that. And she was like, you just should do it. And she just was making direct eye contact with me. And I was like, 
okay, like, <laughs> I guess. And then I like, kept playing music, and then it's like, just crazy, because then once, once her wedding happened, I was like, oh, without a doubt, I'm DJing your wedding. Why would I not? So, worked out. Dude, that's sweet. Was it hard for you to make the leap from, like, working at Wells Fargo to then DJing and pursuing that? Yeah, like, the hardest part is, like, one, like, entrepreneurship is really hard because you're always on the clock. Like, you're always working, and a lot of people think, like, oh, like, it's great because you make your own hours, but I'm, like, in the beginning especially, it's, like, you have to put in ten times more. So it's, like, the first year I was just practicing my craft all the time. Like, I was just constantly working on, like, my transitions, which is, like, changing from one record to the other. Um and it was like that's like what I knew was gonna make like a good DJ. I was like, if I can get the transitions right, I already know like my song selection's good. But there's a lot of DJs who like have great song selection, but it's like transition makes everything. It's like because basically like if you're a good DJ, you should let the night flow without anyone even knowing like anything's really happening for the most part. Once you like get more like tailored to it, you can like do like do fun stuff with it. But basically, people notice bad DJs, but they don't always notice good DJs because a good DJ, it's like. The night just flows and you're like, oh, this is a fun night. Like I had a good time and you're like, oh, wow, the DJ was pretty good. Like, um, so yeah, practicing was like the first year was really hard because I was just like constantly doing that. I was like, when's the income going to come? When's the income going to come? Gonna come? Um, but I just had confidence in myself that I was going to start getting more shows. And then it's like, once you do that, you still have to focus on the business piece of it of like, okay, like branding, how much you charge for a show. And it's tough because entrepreneurship can be very competitive like some djs some people will email like three djs and be like hey austin what do you charge okay blase what do you charge what is prison charge and then if they don't know anything about like the craft they're probably just going to take the cheapest one so you might have dj for a week and i might be djing for three years but you're 300 dollars cheaper than me or whatever the price may be they're like okay we're going to go with austin like his email seemed okay we'll go with <laughs> we'll go with that um so that was the tough part for me like trying to figure that out but once once you like establish your brand and the cool thing was me like with the shoe reviews and like me knowing a lot of people, my following kind of just transcended into the DJing because everyone was like, oh, Blase, like he always does fun stuff like it's going to be cool. So they kind of started showing me love at my shows, which is how Basin Bars got so popping. Like before I had any like followers or supporters or whatever, like my friends were like, oh, we're going to come to Basin Bar. And that's how I came up like with the name Blase and friends because it's like when you come to one of my shows, it's like you get to see like what it's like to kick with me and my friends for a night. That's how I always viewed it. So it's yeah. like, I might not know you, but it's like, yeah, these are my people. Everyone here is in a safe environment. We just get to kick and have fun, forget your stresses, and you're part of the crew for the night. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Do you remember like the early days of just trying to get someone to like pay you to DJ? Yeah, man. Like, it's just tough thinking about like some of the shows I did because like back then I didn't know to like do like do stuff for free for like exposure because that's a tough thing that people try to throw at you a lot like oh this is good exposure for you like these people have we have a good following and i'm like okay like let, let's do that i guess but luckily since i had like that business mindset that we had talked about from like wells fargo and things like that i'm like exposure is great like depending on what the venue is but at the end of the day you could pay me and i'm still gonna get the same amount of exposure so i had to start saying no to a lot of stuff which kind of makes it tough because you can kind of get like blacklisted a little bit in some places because a lot of the like minnesota is pretty small so a lot of people are kind of involved in the same circles so i really had to pick a different lane that's why you don't see me do like a lot of club stuff like a lot of people are like oh why don't you change more clubs i'm like clubs like the the rate of how much you're working plus the payout isn't always worth it depending on the clubs and it's like me i like working with youth and like working with things that mean more different which is why i like movement culture i like doing stuff that like let's empower people and doing different types of like events but still have fun like movement culture you got to network 
you get to hear great music. You get to see literally a talent show of people <laughs> showing their businesses. Like that's super dope. And it's like, and it's not a late night and it's not crazy. And it's like, you get the same, I got the same rush from doing that that I would do in the club. And it's like, I don't have to worry about late nights. I don't have to worry about like people arguing or like being too close together. Like it was just like fun. So it's like, I love doing stuff like that. And I like, I work with a program called Young Life too, which is a faith-based um, group that I work, I DJ for them for free every Monday. Cause I like working with the high schoolers. So I'm like, I started in Minneapolis and then I, now I work in the YZ area, but I just come DJ for the kids for like two hours. We play like a bunch of games and it's like kids treat me like a superhero. It's like awesome. I'm like, yeah, man. Like I try to show them you can do other stuff like, okay, you might college might not be your thing or whatever it may be, but it's like you have to apply yourself and you have to actually like work hard at it. Like I tell them all the time because like, oh, Blase, like you're so cool. You're a DJ. I'm like, yeah, but like these are the things that you don't know. So I get to tell them all the stuff behind the scenes and I get to have these questions. And I'm like, yeah, this is the hard part. Like of you don't know when the next check's going to come from always. Like the first year I struggled a lot. I had to make sacrifices. Didn't get to hang out with my friends. My friends might be going to a different party, but I'm DJing this like wedding three hours away or whatever it may be. Um, so that's like the, the pros and cons of it, I guess, but mm-hmm. I love what I do and it's just crazy cause I got to manifest like a lot of this stuff. So I think that's yeah. the coolest part. I love your, the way that you kind of like view the different places you'll DJ at. Yeah. Like you said, you'll on like Mondays, you'll DJ for like a place, uh, for kids and stuff for free. Yeah. And then like, you're also down to do like Muma culture stuff. Yeah. Like, is there a vetting process you do? For places that you're like willing to take on as a DJ and places you're not? I mean, it's really just the people. Like once, like we were talking about earlier, like with the venues and things like that, like all these places like are virtually the same until you meet the people and like what is their passion. So it's like I really get to like talk to the people and be like, okay, like what makes this something I should be involved in or why do you want me involved in it? If it's like, oh yeah, we just like want this to be a cool event. I'm like, that's one thing, but like moving culture has like a purpose. Like mm. once Devin told me the purpose, I'm like, oh, like I want to be involved in that. Like no questions asked. And it's like also cosign too. Like he knew Austin. I was like, oh, Austin's really good people. Like Austin's really like only keeps good people around him. And I'm the same way. Like I'm like anyone, if I, if you, someone says like Blase said, like this is a good thing or whatever, like, there's like a stamp of approval. So it's like, I'm all about like cosign. So I'm like, okay, like that allows me to buy into like whatever's going on. And then it's like, I give everything, I try to give everything a shot. Um, but I just believed in what was going on. Like as soon as I saw like the enjoyment when people talk about the event, like with the moving culture, as soon as I heard the passion behind it, I was like, oh, this is going to be like out of the park. Like I'm super excited. And I always like say like, I want to make the music something you don't have to even like stress about. Like I'll handle the music. I'll handle all that. Just let me know how I can make the event better and what you need from me. Um, but from there, yeah, it's really just the people. Like that's all I can say. The passion people have about what they're trying to do makes it different. Like, and I love working with kids. Cause like I said, I was like in high school, I was kind of like a misled kid. Like I wasn't terrible, but I wasn't like, didn't have the craziest work ethic. I didn't have the biggest friend group. I was kind of just like, I was the person that was like around, but never really had like a story. Like people were like, Oh, like that's Jordan. Like, He's cool. He's in my like class, but like they didn't really like know about me. So it's cool. Now I can be around high schoolers and see like, okay, like this person might be on the outskirts of whatever's going on, but this kid, I can see is passionate about something. Let me try to like pour into him and be like the mentor that I didn't have, which is pretty awesome. So those are the things that kind of drive me to do it. And Basin Bar is just like fun. Like basically, like I love Basin Bar. That's been one of my first shows. That was one of my first live shows I ever did. So I was like, I always want to keep Basin Bar at some capacity to be involved. So mm-hmm. Hope that answered your question. Yeah. Do you mentor anyone right now or is it kind of something you'll do just with like people that you'll meet with? Because it seems like something that 
really just like drives you and you have like a passion yeah. for it. I mean, I don't know. If, I mean, the high schoolers, I, I can I consider myself mentoring them. But as far as like any like young entrepreneurs, I don't. I should. I mean, I don't know. I just I've never really thought about it. I just try to like speak. I just try to speak the truth that I think people want to hear but are scared to hear, which is like I'm always like I'll be like the scapegoat for like. I'll say things that people don't want to like hear, I guess. Like, that's why I say like a lot of times, like a lot of people like don't book me for certain stuff. Cause like, Oh, Blase might be difficult to, yeah. I was like, Blase might be difficult to work with. Um, but yeah, so it's, that's one of the one things that's like tough. It's like being the first person to speak out on something makes people feel like you're like a nuisance sometimes, but it's like, I'm willing to do that. So the next person doesn't have to go through that. Like I'm willing to say like, Hey, DJs need to get paid more and I might not get that show, but it'll make them consider for the next young DJ coming through. That's like, okay, we see the value in him. Like with Basin Bar, even like I had to talk to them. I had a lot of meetings with them over the last like three years of like, Hey, like I get that you think like, cause they kind of like most business owners, like I said, like view DJing as like a playlist. They think we're just like up there, we hit play and it's like, it, what's the difference between the DJ and a Spotify playlist? And I'm like, I'm reading the crowd constantly. I'm like, I have to literally know the technique of what I'm doing. I have to make the night fun, but not get people too hype where it's like gets rowdy. So it's like a fine line of that. And if you're really like good at the craft, it's like seamless. But if you're not, it can go left. So I'm like, you need to pay DJs so that it's consistent. Like, your following is consistent of what you want, of what your brand is. Cause I tell them all the time, I'm like, it's like having multiple kitchens. I mean, multiple chefs in the kitchen. Like the the quality is not going to be the same if they're not all on the same page. Like if you come into a place and like this burger is so good every time I come here, but they have another chef who makes it completely different, then the brand quality is like shot. Mm-hmm. So I view DJs the same way. I'm like, if the DJ who comes in after me doesn't have the same respect for people, then it's gonna ruin the brand as a whole. Yeah. So, but most people don't view it that way. So they're like, oh, like, I guess. But it, like, mm-hmm. Basin Bar, they're like the coolest people. Like, they always respect my, like, voice. And every time I want to sit down and talk to them about anything, they're like, okay, like, that makes sense. But not all places are like that. So that's the hard thing about it. Yeah. What's been, like, the hardest conversation you've had to have as a business owner? Um, hardest conversation I've had to have. I think it's always hard, like, the thing that's like always pulls on my heartstrings is like budgeting for like weddings. Like that's like a hard one for me because it's like a wedding's a big deal. And I love that people want me to be part of their big day, but they also have to like see the value in me. So pricing with that can be like weird. Um, and then some venues, I guess it's like the one I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think the hardest thing I've had to talk about with like owners, I guess like diversity, like with staff, I've talked about like a lot of stuff like that. I'm like, there needs to be like, everyone needs to be inclusive with what's going on. Uh, as far as like music or whatever it may be, I have a lot of conversations like that, which I think it's always hard having conversations that outside of music as a DJ, cause people are like, mm-hmm. oh, you observe this stuff. And I think everyone observes it, but not everyone will talk about it. So I think anytime I talk about anything outside of music, it has like a chance of becoming a difficult conversation. Cause people are like, Oh, like you're kind of just supposed to like shut up and play the music. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, to do my job at its peak performance, I need your help in that. So I think that can be like the hardest thing. So I think budgeting and just like talking about anything outside of music, those are like the two sticky situations, I guess. Mm-hmm. But How did you kind of build your rate as like a DJ? Um, I don't know. I think it's constantly changing. Like my, like my rate is like constantly like going up and like, it's just different. Like 
I don't know. I think I still struggle with that. Like biz, like talking about like finances with people is like always hard. Like mm. it's just annoying because I'm like, I would love to do this. Job. If I could pay my bills, I would do this job like all the time. Like as long as I can pay like my bills and like feel like I'm not getting taken advantage of, I'll virtually do like whatever if I like believe in it. But it's tough because some people try to take advantage of that. And I, like I said, because other DJs like where it's weird because it's like the DJ community is so small because Minnesota doesn't have that many like venues versus like if you go to Miami there's like every every corner there's a different bar and a different DJ here it's like there's virtually probably like 20 DJs and probably 10 of them everyone like knows about and there's probably four four or five venues that people really go to so the DJs kind of all like stack like we I wish we could all stack hands on like this is what we should charge kind of like a union of it but people are just like people don't want to see other people shine like it's weird like a lot of DJs will be like oh like don't book him. Like, I'll do it cheaper because they, they get nervous that, like, oh, if this good DJ gets into this venue, then I might never get to DJ there again. But me, I'm, like, always trying to bring in, like, other DJs. Like, if I can find a DJ that's, like, good, and it's also tough because, sorry, I transitioned, but it's also tough because, like, in a place where people drink, you have to make sure people don't drink too much. Like, mm-hmm. I've had, like, DJs who, like, drink too much. That's, like, another hard conversation I had. Oh. Like, I'd be like, hey, bro, like, I can't, like, book you to DJ anymore because, like, you drink too much like because i don't drink when i dj like i'll have like maybe like a glass of wine but like i'm pretty chill with it because you gotta think like you're reading play how many how many songs do i play in an hour every song is like two minutes now i play so many songs an hour i have to read my computer i have to do birthday shout outs i have to keep the crowd hype i have to like people trying to request songs for me especially at basement so it's like if i drink or like i'm not like in 100 percent like focus like the night could go left really quick so i always try to tell other djs like that but like there's a dj dj slumpa shout out to him i have him open for me all the time he just opened for me last night at basin bar and he's like super cool young dj really talented always is like a sponge he's always trying to like pick up game like he'll ask me random questions that i've never even thought about that'll like make me think like oh like this is how i do that but i've never thought about it mm-hmm. he'll be like oh other people do it this way i'm like oh cool like it's good to know and then it's like we kind of help each other in that so that's kind of the closest person to like to a mentor mentee yeah. i have that's cool yeah so you have people open for you yeah i DJ. try to like because it's like last night like i dj'd at the w for a fashion week show that ended at 10 30 i normally dj at base and we're at 10 so like this is the perfect opportunity for me to have another dj open for like an hour and a half they get to work with like my like regulars who like mm. is a big crowd established crowd and it's a diverse crowd because i tell everybody i'm like base and bar really set me up for success because it's such a melting pot of people where it's like other clubs like if you go to like like cowboy jacks or like there's like gold room it's like it's predominantly one race or one like lane of people where it's like okay you learn how to play for those people but then when you get to like weddings and all these things when weddings are like a big melting pot of people because it's like family uncles grandpas like so it's like you have to go through all these decades of music and like try to relate to all these people and bass and bar really set me up for success with that so i try to bring in other djs so like hey like here's a crowd where you can do like open format and play more stuff that you want and have fun doing it so he got to dj till like 11 30 and he had another show to go to so he's like oh man anytime like i can dj here like let me know and that's like his fifth time fifth or sixth time opening for me which is pretty awesome so is that something that's normal and i mean maybe like for big shows i could definitely see like you have different djs and stuff which makes sense yeah is it like normal for you to have like pre-djing um you're like bringing on people before 
you yeah. go on like because like four hours like i dj four hours at basement that's a long time like for like just because it's a lot of music so typically what i like to do and this is like i didn't create this format by any means like most people do have like an opening dj like most okay. bars or like concerts like think of think of it like a concert like you go to a concert there's an opening act before the main act it's kind of the same thing like and it's cool to have two different people because it's like we think two different ways so it's like they'll play different music i'll play different music that way the music's not the same all night so i like like collaborating with other djs so it's like oh like this is a song i've never heard who is this like let's share music let's do that but some people are like don't look at my computer i don't want you to like take my songs or whatever like they get yeah. really like weird about that but i i because that's how you kind of start in djing you start opening for other djs mm. kind of learn the craft of like how to set up how to do these things like do's and don'ts of that venue and then eventually hopefully you can work your way up to being like the, the closer yeah so. opening for people is awesome because like it just gives you the opportunity to just grow and like refine your craft yeah especially when you're just like having other people open for you yeah because you're just helping them grow yeah and i tell everyone like especially opening djs i'm like it's all about building the night up like you don't start the night out with like the biggest record that everyone wants to hear because it's like how do you top that so it's cool like okay if you're the closing dj somewhere yeah like you can kind of go through these like you know like the top 40 songs that are going to be like these are for sure going to do it but i'm like what do you do before that what are those songs so it's like cool to put people in different venues and be like open for the like open for this crowd of people who like don't really know you and like you got like gotta kind of win them over so it's cool to have other people go into that kind of like walk into that gauntlet of like you should try it out have fun like play some records you wouldn't normally play and get creative that way like djing most djs i think would agree like your best like sets come from like your back against the wall like your best transitions are like crap this song's about to end what's a good song i could go into this like that's one of my best transitions like come i'm like oh these songs sound sick together i didn't even think of these like that's why i try to go into all my sets like freestyle i don't really have like a preset playlist or anything like that as i've done so many venues i have like so basically like i'll make like what's called like a crate on my computer of different venues so like a wedding playlist so when i did like birdie and austin's wedding they kind of told me the songs that the kind of main songs they wanted i put those into a crate and then i have other folders that i've done other events for so when i see like okay these songs like that they wanted okay these songs are similar to this other file i have let me go to here and kind of like bounce around and then it's like fun because then it's not what even the bride or groom ex expected and they like it yeah so. how long and how difficult was it for you to like cultivate your music library I mean, it's constantly growing. Like, as you do more events, like, once you do, like, corporate events, and it's, like, diversity is what really, like, builds your computer. Like I was saying, like, if you only DJ one spot, you probably only have that one type of music that they want. But since I've done stuff for high schoolers, so like, high schooler, like, with the TikTok phase, like, songs, they burn through songs so fast now with TikTok. Like, I'll DJ a song on Monday, and by the next Monday, they'll be like, Blase, this song's, like, old, man. Like, I'm like, all right, cool. Like, keep me young let me know like i i, I love like that they like because kids are just like truthfully honest like they're like rude without knowing it so it's like cool because they're like oh like no we don't like this i'm like cool i'm glad you're telling me because if i went to basin bar or wherever i dj at people wouldn't really tell me like oh like, you're messing up bro like you kind of get like as you get more popular you get like a lot of yes men around you i'm like oh bro you killed it you all you're always killing it i'm like well, i want people to like send me new music of what they want or, like what they want to hear because that keeps me like fresh but high schoolers like they put me on to a lot of new music like mm -hmm. they put me on to like kid Leroy and all these new artists and like uh Olivia Rodrigo like they were super early on that stuff like so I'm like that's cool I'm like now I know this so I have these songs for when I DJ for them and then I'll go to these other events and see like okay there's if I did like a 
corporate event that has like kids at it. I'm like, oh, these kids are in high school. They probably like the same stuff my young life kids mm-hmm. like. I'm gonna play that. I win them over. And then it's like you once you win the kids over, parents love you, and then it just kind of trickles. Mm-hmm. So the, do the kids keep you humble then in your work? Oh, for sure. Yeah. for sure, for sure. They're like, just blatantly honest with you. Yeah, and I love that. Like God's like I never get offended. I tell them all the time. I'm like. Like we, I, every time at the end of the day, we have like announcements and there's like always a slide that's like send Blase new music. I'm like, anytime you guys have a song you want, send it to me. Like, I want to hear it. Like, I'll listen to it. Obviously, it's appropriate, like that type of stuff. But I'm like, I want to hear what you guys like because times are so different. When I graduated high school in 2011, like times are way different now. Mm-hmm. So it's like they don't like kids don't have radio anymore. It just goes right to their phone. So it's like a lot of stuff won't make it to my timeline because it's just like the algorithms and random stuff that i just don't watch if i don't watch this tiktok i'm not gonna see this song so like the trending songs those are cool like it's easy to find the trending stuff but what's gonna be the next up because that's the thing with djs like you kind of got to predict the next big record and that's like my favorite thing like i'll play a record that might not get the biggest like crowd roar when i play it but then it's like in a couple weeks when the song blows up they're like oh that dj played it that one time that's like my favorite thing Mm -hmm. so it's like if you work in a new song like a really new song that comes up comes out like that friday then it's like by the next couple weeks when they like know the words like oh i've heard this somewhere where have i heard it then they remember me so that's kind of cool yeah sometimes djs will just make like the most fire remixes of just like normal songs too like they'll just take a song and just like spin it up a little bit and it's just it's great yeah completely different record and you can like refresh a song that way you can do a throwback song with like a new beat and it's like game changer and i don't do too much production like i wish i got a little more into like producing and like making dance records i tried it a little bit during like the pandemic but it was it's hard for my brain to like reconstruct how the music works. I was like, oh, I want to like mix these records together. Um, but maybe I'll approach it again at some time. Yeah. Is that something that you'd want to do in the future is produce music um, like for other people or even just being able to mix up already current created stuff? Um, I mean, I mix up songs some every now and again, but like I really would like to be like a creative director of like a venue. I think that's like where I see my vision going, where it's like I could curate a whole space and like have the music, book the DJs, like kind of see the vision of a place from like ground up. I think that's like how my brain works. And I think I like learned that from like way back in high school. Um, But it just took so long for me to figure out what that was. So it's like, I really like, I was really naive with my DJing dream. Like I didn't think of it as like a popular thing, which like sounds crazy and people think I'm like kidding. But when I thought I was a DJ, like me being my introvert itself, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be on a stage away from everybody. No one's gonna pay attention to me if the music's good. And that'll be it. Like, I was, like, thinking so, like, dumbly about it. And it's, like, I wanted to be behind the scenes. If I could go back in time, I would, like, put on, like, a marshmallow, like, helmet. And, like, no one knows. And everyone thinks, like, oh, I still work at Wells Fargo. But secretly, I'm this DJ on the weekends. Like, that'd be sick. What kind of uh, helmet would you put on? I don't know, you had a choice. There's probably some, some type of, like, probably some type of superhero thing. I don't know. Like, okay. Deadpool or something crazy. I would, I would do something like that. Something wild. I, I love Marvel and comic books and stuff. So, it'd be something crazy like that. Yeah. So that's cool. Would you ever create your own like event um, similar to like Coachella? Festivals would be really fun. Like I think once I started DJing and like sound set was a big thing. Like because I went to sound set, I love going to concerts. Like before, it was hard. Like it was hard missing out on concerts when I was like DJing because I was like, oh, there's a show this night. I'm like, dang, it falls on like this day. I have a show or whatever. But Doing that stuff would be really hard, like, but it'd be fun. Like, I don't know. 
I don't know if I would do a festival, but it would be like, I think I'd be more like moving culture out where it's like, it doesn't have to be strictly music based. Like I think since I love music, I always used to think like everything has to be surrounded by music, but I love people networking and bringing people together like naturally. That's like the cool thing to me. So it's like music can kind of soften that and like bring people together a little bit. And that's why it was cool to like sit back and see it happen at the last event. I was like, oh, people mm-hmm. are like naturally meeting each other and it's like not forced and awkward and like, hey, I'm this entrepreneur, hey, I do this. <laughs> like it was just like, and I know that's like a big thing that you guys stand by, which was cool. But yeah, so that that was my thing. Like, I, I think if I did an event, it would be more so like maybe maybe I would do like like a, maybe I'd do like an R&B festival. I guess I never really thought mm. about that. I'd probably do that. That'd be, be kind of cool. sick. Yeah. yeah. Blase and Friends R&B festival. Ooh, that's sick. Are there many uh, festivals in Minneapolis? No, not that I know of. Not that are like. Not like not a hip hop festival. Soundset was like the last one, and Soundset kind of. <laughs> Austin's getting at something. Austin, we might have to make that happen. Ooh. Uh, yeah, no, we, that, we could collab on it or something. Get a bunch hey, of I'm with it. it. Yeah. I love it. Like, I think that'd be super cool to like. Because I just like I get into like the most random things. Like, I really like get into like my flyer design. Like when I do like fly like club flyers and things, I'm like, oh, this has to be like not the regular like flyer. It has to be like something special and i just like really get into like the details of those things but maybe that's like that's a good vision we might have to talk about that off camera yeah that'd be cool <laughs> so you also like doing some of the creative work yeah oh yeah well. i love the, like i love the behind the scenes like sometimes prepping for shows for me is like more fun than the show because like i get like giddy off of like oh like i want to try out this new record or like um it's like, oh, this will be a new space. wonder what this space is like. Like That's why it was cool doing the Fashion Week thing. So I'm like, oh, this is a complete different like element for me. How's that going to work? And I got to talk to like the lady who did, who like was the creative director for that. And I was like, oh, what's your vision for this? Like, what's your, what's your plan? And when she told me that, I was like, okay, I'm going to go home and like prepare for it. So I got really excited. I did like all mm-hmm. Afrobeats, which I love Afrobeats, but I don't really get to DJ those often. Like we don't have any like Afrobeat culture here as far as like big, big events. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. And it was cool to see like all the different fashion because fashion and music go hand in hand to me. Like fashion, music, and sports are like all like hit the same highway at some point. So it was just fun. I had a good time. And then it was like going back to basement and doing that was really cool. So, mm-hmm. yeah. do you have a favorite venue that you DJ at, or like that I've ever DJed at? Yeah, maybe that question as well. But you could blend it in. Like, has there been a pinnacle moment of like this is the greatest? Like DJ moment that you've had? Oh, greatest DJ moment I've ever had. Well, I've had a couple. So I DJed at Paisley Park, which was where Prince lived, which was pretty sick. That was like, that was really early in my career. And I was like kind of overwhelmed. I was like, didn't feel like I was ready for it, but I killed it. I think I got invited back a few times. So I did that like three times, but it was crazy because it was like, Prince is just like this pinnacle of like, I feel like everyone knows a little bit about Prince, but not everyone knows, like, a, like very few people know, like, a lot about Prince. And Prince is out of my era. Like, he's, like, way older than me and all these things. So it's, like, I always knew him as, like, a legend. And my mom played his records, like, here and there. But she was still a pretty young mom. So I was, like, okay, like, I think I, like, can do this. And I had a mentor at the time who was a DJ who, like, was, like, okay, like, these are the kind of records you play. And it was all Prince records. So mm-hmm. basically Prince, at the Paisley Park, they do, like, a Paisley Park tour. And it ends with, like, a dance party. And I was the DJ at the end of the dance party. And it was crazy because, like, they still honored, like, a lot of Prince's things. So, like, there's no swearing in the space. Like, they don't want you to swear. Um, 
there's no uh, cell phones that take your phones, which is like crazy. So when I like going into the show, I wasn't like, like that nervous. I was just like, okay, like I need to prepare. I don't really get nervous for shows, but I was like, okay, this needs to be like the best, like because it's gonna be all Prince lovers. I was like, you can't like mess up. <laughs> so then once I like once we pulled up and like saw the space, like my like heart kind of stopped for a second. I was like, dang, this is like crazy. Like Minnesota legend, like passed away, obviously R.P. Prince. But I'm like, I'm DJing in his old home. Like, this is like iconic. Like, I'm like, this is like probably the biggest, one of the biggest venues I could ever DJ in Minnesota. And then they like, once I got there, like security, like met us at the door and like took the phones. I was like, this is like real deal. Like, this is crazy. Um, but once I started DJing, it like all flowed and it was super fun. But I think that was a big one for me. I got to open for Juice World, that myth. That was pretty crazy. And that was like, that was like nuts because a, a DJ who, DJ who was originally booked for it hit me up because he was like on another flight and he got booked for the he like wasn't gonna make it so I, he was like I need you to do this and it was like three hours I'm like alright like I've never opened for like a concert before like it was like it's a kind of a different um, vibe of reading the crowd but I'd never done that before but once I did that I met him there I, well, I went there and he ended up making it so he was like oh you're just gonna DJ with me now I was like alright cool so I like did it and it was just like I was like, okay, like I can see the longevity in this. Like this is gonna be something big, and then from there, um, I'm trying to think what other big big shows I've done. I think those are the two biggest. I think those are the ones that like showed me like I I'm actually good at what I'm doing because you never really know like how talented you are at something. Like that's what I was talking to you before about like being humble, but then like having the confidence of like knowing it took me like two years to like have the confidence like in my craft I like knew I was I knew I was passionate about music but I'm like am I actually good at this or like do people just support me that's like the hard thing but once I like done those couple venues and once people started once people start writing you and reaching out to you personally like hey like you made my wedding or like you you know my night at this place was so fun or whatever it may be like once people like attach you to a memory then it's like okay like I, I feel this so then yeah mm-hmm. Dang. Yeah, that would have to be cool. Just like the Paisley Park experience, going DJing there. Yeah, it was nuts. It was like, it was like eerie a little bit, but it was like cool. Cause mm-hmm. I, like, like I said, I'd never been to Paisley Park and heard all these things about it and like actually like going through the back of it. And like they had like his old tour bus out there still. And they still obviously have like all his outfits he wore there and stuff. And it's like really dark lighting in there. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, it was cool. It was like iconic. I was kind of like pinching myself. I was like, this is crazy. And like a lot of DJs, like, how did you get this? And I'm like, I don't know. I was like, I really don't know. They found me. Dang, so. that's cool. So they just reached out to you? Yeah. To DJ there? Yeah. So they reached out to my mentor. So I, I know how I got it. So my mentor at the time, he knew the security and they like, they said they needed a DJ or they like might be losing a DJ or something like that. So then he reached out to them and then they reached out to me on Instagram we're like, hey, we need a DJ for this. So I'm assuming that's how it happened. Dang. That's a lot. That's a tough thing. Like my name gets in like so many rooms that I don't know. So when people hit me up, I always like never know how I got it. Cause I always want to thank the people like, mm. hey, I appreciate you for getting the show. But I never know. Like they never tell you like, oh, like so-and-so wreck. Well, sometimes I do. But like it's very rare. They're like, oh, so-and-so told us about you in passing or whatever. So <laughs> I'm always like appreciate everybody who like spreads my name. So, yeah. Is it true that Prince created like the explicit 
label for songs. I don't know if you. Uh, I feel like I heard that. I don't think somewhere, but Prince might have. I think Prince was one of the reasons they had to create it, like the explicit. Oh, okay. But I know it was like I watched it actually. That's crazy. I watched a documentary a long time on like long time ago on like explicit stuff, and I know rock music was a big part of it too. Mm. Like uh, like twisted metal. Like I watched like a part where they had to like put the explicit on their music, and they were like there was like a big fight of like it shouldn't have this sensory because it's going to stop people from buying our records. So it was like ruining their sales. But Prince was like a pioneer, man. Like I'm not going to act like I know everything about Prince. I really still know like very like few like facts about him, but um, he always was like very revolutionary in the fact of like record labels. He wasn't really a big fan of that's why like Prince like went under his like symbol for a while. Like he didn't even want to be addressed as Prince. So he was like naming his albums under the symbol. So he didn't have to like, pay them i think for his like record music like for his uh like record rights or something yeah. like that so it's like i've seen like very like i said very few things but that was pretty interesting to me yeah so it is. yeah purple rain's a great movie oh yeah it's a classic yeah. it's yeah. one of those movies that like, i rewatched it after like dj there because i hadn't watched it since i was like young and my mom like had it but it's like it's a classic movie like mm-hmm. baptizing like some minnetonka man that's like a big thing so <laughs> So shout out to Prince and like Prince is gonna be iconic forever. Like that's why it's cool seeing like how much Minnesota like shows loved him. Mm-hmm. So it was like cool that like that I can attach myself with that a little bit. Yeah. Do you what's your top three favorite artists? Top three favorite artists, like of all time? Yeah. Or right now? All time. All time. Kid Cuddy. For sure. Kid Cuddy's my favorite artist by far. Um, he's a big reason why I started DJing too. A kid in a kid in high school, the back of my biology class, I should have been studying for this test, wasn't. This kid had an, uh, a flip phone, and he was like, "Hey, I want to put you on this new song." I was like, <laughs> "On the flip phone, on the flip phone, bro!" Like, like downloaded MP3, like the worst quality ever. But it was day and night, and it was like before day and night had like really gotten big. And I was like playing, I was like, dang, this is like a dope song. And I'm like an introverted like kid. So he just kept saying like the lonely loner. And I was like, oh, like that's kind of how I feel. Like I'm kind of like following through like life, like not really finding my path. So like I always like attach myself with Kid Cudi. Um, so I think that's what made me like dive into music even more. So Kid Cudi, uh, Love Little Wayne, third. People are going to kill me for this. <laughs> third. <laughs> You can be like, oh no, that's not right. Yeah, no matter what I say, it's gonna be wrong. Um, it's gonna probably be like an R and B artist. I, I gotta have R and B in there because I love R and B. I'd probably say Aaliyah, maybe, or Usher's a big one. Chris Brown's a big one. I'm trying to think of who was like the most iconic in my childhood. Don't kill me for this, people, please. <laughs> I'm gonna say Aaliyah. I'm gonna say Kid Cudi, Lil Wayne, Aaliyah. Those are my, those are my three. Sweet. That's just my personal preference. The tough thing with DJing is like people don't know how to separate. Like I think this is what like the disassociation with DJing is like. DJs like sometimes only play their favorite records. Where it's like me, I try to play to what the crowd wants to hear. So it's like I normally don't get to play my favorite music because I'm like you guys don't want to hear what I want to hear. I like low mellow music. Like when I'm not DJing, I'm listening to like super melodic like chill because i'm like around high bpm like high bass all the time when i want to chill in the car i'm like listening to like slow music like that's like relieves me but i think a lot of djs like struggle with that of like oh these are my favorite records so they have to be their favorite records but i'm like i don't even want to play my favorite songs i want to play like what the people want to hear mm-hmm. so some people come up to my shows like bro like you said you love kid cuddy like why don't you play any cuddy i'm like well it wasn't really the right night for it like to play like 
mellow kid cuddy really wasn't the time like maybe pursue the happiness but i'm like it's also dated too like people want to hear new stuff so i try to like work in music as much as i can but yeah that's like the tough thing like, people follow me and they're like oh like that one time you said you really like this artist why don't you play more of this artist i'm like it just wasn't the time like time and place for everything so Hey man, anytime you play Pursuit of Happiness, I'll be dancing. Hey, you know, I played it at the pop, uh, the movement event. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was playing a yeah, couple. You're playing some good songs. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that's the thing. Like events like that allow you to play more, like not just like club records. Like it's like you can play a little bit of everything. Like I could play J Cole. I could go into an R&B record. I could play some Afro beats. I could play some like disco funk. Like I could play ABBA. I could play anything like the bgs like i can do whatever like if you do it the right way people are gonna have fun with it so mm-hmm. it's like i like getting tested in that way yeah so. that's cool like i mean it's like always a challenge for you to have an audience and then you always have to constantly like feel the audience yeah and like adjust your music to their taste yeah i'm a professional people reader that's what i say like yeah. my job is 90 percent people reading because i'm always trying to like if there's someone not moving like if there's like a crowd of people if i'm djing somewhere I'm like the right side of the stage seems like they're not really having a good time, but the left side of the stage seems like they're really liking it. It's like, how can I like blend these worlds? So I'll just like, especially early in my sets, like since I normally DJ like the full night, if I don't have an opener, those that first hour is like me trying to like throw random records to see like what type of vibe people like. So I'll throw like artists to be like, okay, if like the crowd majority likes this artist, then they're going to like what I play like later. That's mm-hmm. like typically how I feel it out. But I'm always trying to like read the room and be like, okay, like, what's this space going to be? And that's why I always try to like weddings and things like that. Keep me on my toes. Cause it's like every wedding's different. Every show is different. So it's like every, my, my job can never really get boring. Cause it's like, it's never really repetitive. So, yeah. I know you brought this up earlier cause you said you get a lot of like satisfaction in the process up into the event. Yep. Like, is that what you enjoy the most or is maybe an aspect of, at the end of the night, like just how the feeling of that show went is enjoyable to you. I think it's a combination of both. Like the prep is fun because it's like I get to be like in my apartment, like just zoned out on music, which is like I get to be like a nerd about it as far as like the beats per minutes of a song and like the uh, the key of these two records. So they mesh together. That's where I can like do my nerdy stuff. But then performance is everything. It's like equivalent to like, uh, shooting hoops in the gym versus like playing in the basketball game like the prep is always going to be fun but like if you can't perform then it's like what's the point so it's a little bit of both and like at the end of the night I always like let out of like relief of like made it through another set like did it mm-hmm. did that answer your question yeah it's just in like the whole process of from preparation to like actually doing it yeah yeah, yeah. I mean I think I had to fall in love with the prep more than the performance because before I was getting like the the actual shows, I had to love the prep. Like I had to just be ready at all times. So I was just like always practicing. And Mm -hmm. so it's like now when I get to the performance, I'm always like confident, like nothing really like rattles me. And one of my like close friends like noticed that the other day, like we were like, we were doing something like setting up like a TV or something. And we were like troubleshooting how to like get this to work and she was like you're always like just so chill in these moments i'm like because i've had to troubleshoot so much like djing as far as like getting the venues and the speakers don't work or like the my mic cord doesn't work or this person has the wrong cable or whatever it may be like i've always had to like figure out stuff on the fly so i'm always like have to keep a level head because if i lose it then it's like everybody's done like you know mm-hmm. so i'm always just like super level headed with that stuff so i think the prep falling in love with the prep made the performance easier in that so i think 
to answer your question, I think the prep is probably what I love the most, I guess. Yeah. And even like the prep, like the practice and even like the troubleshooting items you brought up, like those are always things that you have to do as like a business owner and doing something yourself. Right. Like you're constantly having to troubleshoot like I need to make money here. I need to like get more gigs and stuff like that. Um, it's always something that you have to be aware of. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like the cool thing, like betting on yourself hundred percent. Like that's what, like, that's what people don't realize like the behind the scenes of like the errors, like we all mess up. Like I've messed up plenty of times, but when I like think back to like my first early shows and stuff, I was like, this was terrible. Like I was like, this wasn't it. But going through those things is what makes you a better business owner. Like no matter what your business is, like you have to take those bumps on the head. So you're like, okay, I know not to do that again, or I know how to do it better, or I might not be the best at the business side. So I might need to have someone help me on that or just like getting influence from like other places, I think is like always what keeps you like generating success and whatever you're trying to do. So no, you're good. Sweet. Have you ever? So you've been doing full time DJing for a th- few years. Four, four years. Four years. Four years. It's always hard because the pandemic here is like hard to count. Like, because that was like a tough year. But yeah, four years. Okay. I didn't do many shows the pandemic because you weren't allowed to be around people. So that was like that was probably the most stressful time I've had during DJing. I haven't really talked about it too much like publicly, but I was like ready. Like I thought I was like done DJing. Like when pandemic happened and like only being in small crowds and things like that, it was like very selfish of me at the time. Cause I was like, what am I going to do? Like, I was like always thinking about that, but I'm like, okay, like there's gotta be a bigger purpose in this. Like, how can I give back? And that's when I actually poured in even more to work with the young life high schoolers. Cause I'm like high schoolers right now are like missing proms and all these things. And it's like, when you're younger, those are the things that like, that's all that matters. Like, that's like all we cared about. <laughs> Uh, that's how I was anyway. I was like, oh, school dances. Who's going with who? And, like, I was, like, so, like, my head was too into that stuff. But my high schoolers, it's like they know nothing else. So once that stuff was happening and I saw it affecting them differently and, like, how hard they were taking stuff, I was like, okay, like, I have to, like, put my stuff aside and, like, realize, like, other people are going through real things, especially, like, losing family members, things like that, God forbid. But luckily I didn't, I didn't, I never had COVID or experienced anyone close to me getting really ill from it. But I know people who really were, like, like friends of friends who were like really experiencing it. So I was like, okay, I like made me like, it made me humble myself as far as like, okay, like the shows or the income is like going to come eventually, but how can you give back to people? And that's when I cho- like chose to work with like young, young life more. Cause I was like, the youth is what's going to be the future. And they're, they're like tainted by this more than ever. Cause they've never had to be social distance like mm-hmm. from people. And it made me realize, cause we always thought like these new kids were like way more introverted as far as like always growing up with like tablets and things like that. Like they were the technology era, but even them, they were struggling with not having like human interaction. So it was like pretty interesting, but yeah, it would have to have been tough. Yeah. No, Just it, when you're a kid. Yeah. Like, that's when, like not being able to hang out with your friends, like virtual learning. I'm like, I was bad at learning in class when I had someone help me, let alone learning virtually when I have an Xbox sitting right next to me. Like I couldn't imagine having to do that. Like that was just tough for me. So I was always like asking the kids questions. And I think that's what got me really close to a lot of the high schoolers because they're like, oh, Blase genuinely cares about like what's going on with me. He's not just like here because normally when I'm DJing, like at the club, like we call it club on Mondays. 
when I'm DJing for the kids, I don't get to interact with them with them as much because I'm like playing the music while they're doing the games. So a lot of the times, like we did, like we kind of switched the layout and started hanging out with them a little bit more. I got to hang out with them a little more, and that's when they were like, "Oh, like he actually like hangs out with us. It's not just like a job." And I was like, "Oh no, like I come here to hang out with y'all." So mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. Yeah, but, that's awesome. But yeah, so the pandemic year did count in the four to like long long answer for you. Yeah. But. Was that maybe did that feel like your lowest point? For sure, I think like it's career wise for sure. I think okay. it was kind of crazy though because. The year before that, I was, like, overworking myself. Like, I was just, like, taking every show. Like, well, not every show, but I was taking a lot of more shows than I should. I didn't have much of a personal life. I wasn't hanging out with any of my friends. Like, I would text them, but I'd be like, can't hang out this weekend. Like, I kind of, like, it made me easier. Like, how do I word that? It made me, like, seclude myself even more, and I justified it by work. I was like, oh, I got to work, or I got to prepare for the show, or, oh, I got to do this. My, my set's got to be better this week than it was last week. My friends were like, hey, like you got to enjoy yourself. And I didn't take any vacations. I didn't do, like, anything. I would always be like, I might get booked for a show. I might, you know, I would always, like, say that, and I was like, I got to live my life, because before I DJed, I, like, love traveling. I love doing all these things. But then that first year, it's like, you don't have the income to travel. Then once you start making the money, you kind of get addicted to, like, the booking and things like that. So when the pandemic year kind of sat me on my ass excuse my language i was like all right well like now it's my time to like learn what i like doing so i got to travel a little mm-hmm. bit more um do some more stuff like that and get really closer to like a lot of my friends and it was just it was good it was good yeah. for me so i feel like it is tough especially like if you're trying to carve your own path in something like i i kind of did the same thing like it's when i dropped out of college um shout out to the dropouts like, man yeah <laughs> <laughs> um like, you're kind of on your own path in a way at that point. Yeah. And, like, I did also fall into maybe, like, a negative path of, like, you know, I didn't maybe chat with family and hang out with them as much as reflecting now yeah. I would have wanted to. Um, and, like, I didn't have as great a relationships then as I do now with family and friends. And there's also, like, an aspect to that where it's, like, you know, you feel like you maybe do need to focus on your craft so that, you know, now you're able to have the time to put into like relationships and For sure. friends and family. So For I don't sure. know if you like look back and feel that same way um, or like you wish it would have changed. I mean, like I, I, like I was saying, like I think it needed to happen. Like now that I, I do like that's where the confidence came from. I'm like, OK, the craft is good, but your mental has to be good to perform like yeah. whatever you're doing no matter what the career is and i think i a lot of people don't know like especially like dropping out of school like i'm sure you beat yourself up about it because it's like then it's like okay i have to prove to people like i'm dropping out but it's something good's gonna come from this mm-hmm. so it's like i'm gonna take these sacrifices and take these bruises and this thing i'm doing to show people like yeah i dropped out but like you know like <laughs> there was a reason for it so that's like was how i always justified like overworking myself even like working at wells fargo i'd always like pick up extra shifts and do these things but i'm like i wasn't like happy i was like i was doing these chasing these accolades in a different way but i didn't even know i was doing it so then when the pandemic year happened i was like i got depressed for a while because i'm like dang like i put all this time into djing and like it could be done or like all these like people like i had a lot of different connections i was making like i was i was gonna dj like the big 10 tournament potentially i was talking to someone a dj the big 10 tournament and the pandemic happened like literally the next month and i was like like what like this is supposed to be the thing like this would have launched my career did all these things and, da, 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 da. and i was just like beating myself up about it and then i like sat down and i was like 
I could have burnt out like I could have burnt out in 2020 just off of like if I would have gotten all these shows and did all these things I wanted just because I wasn't like mentally sane and like taking care of myself. Like I wasn't resting enough because I'm up late nights and I would get up early and try to work out and do these things and again not hang out with people so I'm not getting like the satisfaction from like social interactions. I'm kind of treating everything transactional, which wasn't good. Uh, but yeah, so I think that, I think everything happens for a reason. Like I'm not saying the pandemic year happened for me at all, but I think I found benefit in having to stop working. Like Mm -hmm. I was like, now that I have to sit down, it's like, now I have to look within to like fix what's going on. And then I was like, okay, now I'm ready. Now it's like, I'm, I can handle this. I can turn down certain shows. I can feel confident in what's going on. And it's good finding balance. Like I'll, I'll take shows off sometimes. Like I'll go out of town and like book a DJ to, book uh take one of my residencies or do anything like that and that it's like was hard for me to do at first so i'm like oh like this could this one show missing it could turn something mm-hmm. out so it's like now i just feel more at peace and i'm like it'll yeah. work it all works out so mm-hmm. nice kind of looking on to the horizon is there any shows they could be your own okay or they could be other shows that you are just amped for amped for trying to think i really want to go to the her concert last night but i didn't go to that uh shows that i'm really really looking forward to i don't think so i didn't, i mean i'm always excited like my career growing so like i don't really have like a certain thing but shows that i'm really looking forward to man i look forward to tv shows more than like shows <laughs> to be honest like i'm i'm a big movie like tv buff okay uh, you have any favorites right now Favorite shows right now. Moon Knight is really good. If you're in the Marvel Universe, that's really, really good. Uh, what else have I been watching? Breaking Bad's like my favorite show of all time. If you've never seen it, really okay. good show. It's on Netflix. Go watch it. I've watched it through like three times. <laughs> uh, but I watch a lot of movies. Like I'm like obsessed with movies. Because like, again, introvert. Like My mom always used to take me to the movies Like growing up. So it's like I'll go to the movie theater by myself sometimes. Like If I'm stressed, I was like go to a movie like mm. why not because when you're watching that storyline it's like you kind of forget about your own stresses so i'll go do that and then um but as far as any big shows i don't think i have any big shows coming up okay or like that i'm looking forward to but something comes up let me know something some few everyone feels confident about a show coming out i'd love it sick i mean like i feel like after the pandemic shows have been a lot different like artists are kind of like waiting to tour now so i feel like next year oh actually a lot the the weekend I want to go see. I don't think he's going to Minneapolis. So I think he's only going to Chicago. The weekend mm-hmm. show. I heard his last show at XL like three years ago now was really really good. So I would want to see that. Nice. But yeah, I, I was saying like a lot of the big artists aren't really touring right now because pandemic stopped them from dropping music. So like because they couldn't tour. So now that they're like dropping music, I think next year there'll be like a lot of big tours. So hopefully mm-hmm. there'll be some shows. We'll update. I'll update you on that. There might be some shows I might be looking forward to. But nice. When's your next event? Are you gonna be at uh, movement culture event? Okay, you have to remind me of the date because uh, May nineteenth. May nineteenth. Yeah, I'll be that for sure. That's the next big event. I'm at Basin Bar every Friday. Uh, what else do I have going on? That's it right now. And then in the summer, I leave for a month. So I work for the Young Life in Michigan. So I leave for I DJ summer camp for a full month. So that's in the end of June to end of July. So I'm really Dang. excited about that. So you do that for a full month? Full month. Crazy. Wow. I did it for the first time last year. So it was like crazy. Because that's like what I was saying. Like with the pandemic, I was like, okay, like how can I like help these kids? So I really wanted their summer to be like the best summer ever. And it was like we were still dealing with COVID a little bit. 
uh, and staff still had to wear masks. But I was like, these kids is like their first time, like kind of getting unleashed back to the world. So Young Life, they do a summer camp every week. And I was like, I want to do it for the full month. So I went, I stayed a full month. Well, it's like 23 days or something like that. But DJ like five times a day, which is pretty sick. Every Just day? Every day, yeah. Like five <laughs> times a day. I walk so many steps. It's like crazy. But yeah. it's this beautiful camp. They have like lakes and all these crazy things they can do and ropes, ropes course and all these things. But I DJ like a beach party. Then I DJ in the cafeteria. I DJ all these crazy places. And the kids like. They love it, man. Like I was signing autographs last year. It was like oh. it was nuts. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm not even like, Blase, we sign my shirt. I'm like, yeah. sure, like whatever. <laughs> like taking pictures. It was like super sick. So I, I want to do that. I want to try to do that every summer as long as I can because it was just like the fulfillment from that was crazy. But yeah. I think that's like the show I'm looking forward to the most. That'll be like crazy. I'm like prepped for that right now. But yeah, dude, cool. I love you do those shows. Oh it's man, awesome. it's like the dopest thing because I'm like when, I, when we were younger, man. Like I don't know about you but the music was never really catered to us like the music wasn't like modern like it was like chicken dance and like <laughs> cha-cha slides like the one that people know i guess but it was like all very like corny like old people trying to be young so i was like well let's get someone in who like does this for a living and i can just like try to talk to the kids and since i do it on mondays already when the summer comes i'm like i already know what you guys want to hear it's a piece of cake so it's like awesome because i'm like it makes the kids like just feel like they have a purpose in what they're doing. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like if the camp isn't catered to the kids and it's like, what are we doing it for, you know? And it just loosens the kids up. They get to bond with their leaders and meet new kids from different areas, connect on social media, do whatever they need to do. And it's like, I feel like I got to help, like, break that barrier for kids not to come in being guarded. Because, mm-hmm. like, most kids don't like going to camp. Like, most kids, like, some kids want to go. But those kids are like, well, this actually be a fun camp. So it's like when they come in and there's a DJ like playing their favorite records and they get to dance around and be in this nice summer day. It's like it's hard to lose when that's happening. So, yeah. yeah. Nice. And the wrap up the podcast. Final question. Yep. If you were to leave your last piece of advice right now to your younger self, what would that be? Ooh. Last advice to my younger self. have confidence i think that's what it is like keep believing in that confidence as long as you have the confidence in yourself it'll work just don't quit i think if i would have gave up on confidence i think there was times when i was younger that the confidence wasn't fully there and if i would have poured into myself even more and had the confidence who knows what i'd be right now so i'd say just keep going nice i love it that's all i got sweet blase it's been great chatting with you you. love everything you're doing in the community it's been great having you at Movement Culture, just creating the vibe for the place. Of course. And uh, yeah, just keep crushing. Gotcha, man. It's going to keep getting bigger. Y'all better be at the next event. Eight. Better see you at the event. Let's go. Thank you for tuning into the podcast with Jay Plaza. If you enjoyed it, please send us a DM on Instagram at Behind the Vision Pod or Ever underscore North. Or leave us a review as we love to receive your feedback on the show. If you want to stay up to date on new podcasts and collection drops, from Evernorth, check out evernorthco.com. Thanks again for listening and hope you have an amazing day.